It's the old Doctor Who show, episode number 90, Day of the Daleks. Go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. You couldn't control my mind before, and you certainly can't control it now. Would you like a jelly, baby? The TARDIS, when working properly, is capable of many amazing things. Because the polarity of the neutron flows, the TARDIS will be free of the force theater. Well, the TARDIS is more than a machine. It's a genetic, like a person. Resulting reaction is fighting. Are you ready? Welcome back to the Old Doctor Who Show, your tri-weekly classic Doctor Who review podcast. We are back after a three-week absence. And uh, Dan's got I'm old squeaky, squeaky chair. chair Johnson over here. Hey, if you hear the squeaky chair, you know it's time for uh, two middle-aged men to talk about <laughs> a show from 1970-something. How are you, Dan? I'm doing great, Eric. How are you? I'm good because one of us, and I'm not saying who, has sent who? me a PlayStation 4 uh, oh. in the mail. So long-time listeners may have heard us talk about that once on the air. And uh, sure enough, Dan, <laughs> like a, a year ago. Word, has sent it, and now I have a PlayStation 4, which is great, because I have an Xbox One, also gifted to me, and a PlayStation 4, now also gifted to me, by two wonderful people who have upgraded their system. So if you have an old (laughs) system that you've upgraded, uh, you can send it to me, because I don't have a lot of money. Do you want my GameCube? (laughs) No, I actually have a GameCube. I have a GameCube still, I have a PlayStation 2. And I have a Dreamcast still upstairs in my attic. Everything else I've sold. Ah, oh, I have an Atari 2600, too. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, do you have a way to actually connect it to anything? It uses... Mm, what does it use? Yeah. Well, it you The... Oh, what happened to our podcast? Old, like, but yeah, you used to have the... We had to like, screw it in to yes. the... Back, yeah. Yeah. So, like, you have a uh, RF adapter or whatever... Right. ...that would go from the Atari 2600 to a twin lead... Uh, yes, UHF yep. or VHF thing, but then you had like an adapter with, which went from that to coax. So I actually have right. those adapters, right. but I haven't tried to run it. I, I doubt oh it would probably goodness. even run. So when Doctor I was a, Who, a kid, yeah. Oh, I was you a kid, were a kid. I, I, my my friends had a uh, had the Ataris. This is way this is before the NES, and instead I got an Odyssey. Do you remember oh, the Odyssey? I had one of those too, and I had an Odyssey. Those were two. great. Yeah, I had Odyssey two yep. with the voice box control on top. Oh, that's fancy. It, it was really fancy. It was such a good upgrade. It had that um, giant keyboard st- you just never used. It was like for right, you would for never like use one game. There was never never used for that, and the and the controllers were really kind of janky. But whatever, yeah. that was that was great. Oh my gosh, that's yes. Old in a former life, um, as Dan is aware, and our listeners may not be aware, I owned a video game store for about five years, mm-hmm. and we had many of those types of systems pass through there, including the Odyssey Two. The uh, Vectrex, uh, for all our UK oh, yeah. people, that was much bigger in Europe than it was here, and that was that standalone vector-based game system mm-hmm. that was awesome. It had, like, the screen built in. It was all vector-based, so, like, games like Asteroids. So let's talk about Doctor Who, Dan. Uh, we're here to talk about... I'd rather about... talk about this. Yeah. This is great. We could do okay, a classic uh, video game podcast. That's certainly in our future. I would... I'd have very little to contribute, but I would be a... Happy listener. Okay. Well, um, Eric, yeah. what are speaking, we? What are we? I was going to say. What? I was going to say. Speaking of future, yep. let's travel into the past uh, to prevent you and I from having started this podcast uh, five years ago uh, by re- by reviewing day. Unless you have something, you have anything else? Did we cover everything. Now we had other stuff, right? Was there? 
I guess we can no. talk about it at the end. I definitely had things that I wanted to talk about. I know I sent you something. I was like, oh, we got to mention this. I've forgotten it. Oh, it was the um, was it Joe Hill not being able to get a. Oh yeah, the Joe. So uh, can you? I've always wanted like a, a dream of rock uh, of writing Doctor Who, the comic was is my personal dream because I know I would never have a chance writing for the show, and now I really know I would never have a chance ever writing for the show. So for anyone out there that is unfamiliar, uh, Joe Hill, who is an author uh, in his own right, but he's also the son of Stephen King. Uh, so mm-hmm. he has certainly uh, a good lineage, pedigree. pedigree. I was, yeah, he's got his is own he a, pedigree. Is dog. He a dog? Anyway, good writer. Yeah. Um, Lock and Key Very is actually a, a thing on Netflix that's based on the comic. That I wrote. just wanted to talk about that as well. That was anyway. Yeah. Yes, uh, but his, his he, novels are yeah, very good. So he wants to. He loves Doctor Who, right? So he gets his manager or his agent or someone like, get me a chance to pitch. I'm going to pitch on Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. So he comes up with like mm-hmm. three story ideas. He's weekend weekending with Neil Gaiman. So if you're going to weekend with someone and have them look over your scripts, Neil Gaiman seems like a good person uh, to be, you know, you can't really ask, excuse me, for a better editor. So apparently Neil Gaiman sure. and him craft his pitch together. Obviously he's writing the pitch. Neil Gaiman mm-hmm. saying, no, this works, this doesn't work, whatever. So it's, it's probably a, a, a beautiful thing. He sends it into Doctor Who, uh, whoever's in charge of uh, writer hiring Mr. Who. Mr. Who. Mr. Who. So they send it to Mr. Mm-hmm. Who. And Mr. Who writes back, and, and I, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but I think this, eh, this is pretty close, close was like, we've never had an American writer on Doctor Who, and we certainly wouldn't start with you. Now, I mean, that's, that's like, that's, that's beautiful. Pretty, cold and uh and i've seen some of the newer uh, episodes of doctor who and they're not that great uh, well written so i don't know where the attitude's coming from but maybe it's all a joke the interview that i saw they never said it was a joke and the way they went back and forth it seems like it's a legit story but if it turns out it was just joe hill having fun whatever but i thought that none of that seemed like a joke that seemed completely plausible it just seems kind of super dickish for someone to write just to, yeah. like, just be a little nicer about the. Re- I don't know. Weird. Yeah, weird that stuff seems, going on in the Doctor Who offices. Very strange. I uh, I know we want to just get right into the story, but uh, did you see any of the Lock and Key on Netflix? No, I, I plan on watching. I've read the did the you, book, or at least the couple first couple of trades of it. I read the first couple of issues of the first one and liked it. I just never, I don't know why I never finished it. I might go back and finish it. But I did watch the series. I know it's very different, the two, and the tone is, is quite different. But it was still a lot of fun. Joe Hill's really interesting. His adaptations, just like his father, are never very good. Uh, Nosferatu was a really interesting book. Um, horrible adaptation to a show um, with... What's his name? Zachary Quinto as the main character. Really Did you awful. see Horns with, uh, uh, I was oh. say Harry Potter, but I can't think of the yeah, actor's name. It's with Harry Potter. <laughs> right. Was that any good? I have the book. It's one of the no, books. No, I didn't actually. One of many books that I have that sit on my shelf. I'm like, oh, pick this up at the library for a dollar on sale. Yeah. I'm going to read this. Yeah, Never. Yeah. And I put it on the shelf and I read Dune again. But was was the, um, <laughs> you, were, you were going, you had, you had not read it or seen the adaptation. No, no, I, I haven't seen that. Uh, or, nor have I read it. Uh, I've read a couple of his books, but um, yeah, that's that's it. That's all. What, what's this podcast about again? Uh, we're here to talk about Day of the Daleks, so let's hit the button oh, before right. we completely okay, cool. lose uh, 
all of our, our audience. audience. Ready? Yep. Let the Daleks into the house. Doctor, are you sure it that... It may not make military sense, but it's the only way. All right. Brigadier to all units. Let them pass. I say again, let them pass. But this time, this time it's going to be different. This is Day of the Daleks, Dan. This is the first serial of the ninth season, lucky number nine, uh, of the show Doctor Who, which we are here to talk about. It <laughs> stars, uh, uh, did I say it was from 1972? I, well, it was, sure. and it's got John Pertwee. And uh-huh. uh, as the third Doctor, and of course Joe Grant, uh, played by uh, Katie Manning. And in this story, uh, people from the future are being, you know, sent to the past to stop the assassination of all of the world leaders, which leads to a massive war uh, and the rise of the robots. And uh, there's uh, uh, "Come with me if you want to live," and that, and then all of a sudden. Uh, things happen and it's fine. And the Daleks are in it, and so are uh, cavemen. So, what did you think of? Uh, <laughs> I didn't have time to write the uh, the synopsis, but I think you get the idea. There's time travel elements involved. There is oh, giant obey signs, which I want to talk to you about because I'm assuming we watched the special edition and maybe they weren't in the original edition. And, and what did you think, Dan? Day of the Daleks. Louis. Oh, written by Louis Marx and directed by uh, Paul Bernard. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed this story. I thought it was uh, it was really a lot of fun. I like Pertwee Adventures. Um, it is cool to see him uh, tinkering around with the, the TARDIS still and trying to get that working. There's some some little bit of. Uh, fun that happens at the beginning of the story with that. Um, the time travel aspects were very good. It does feel, it does feel like a precursor to Terminator, so that that feels that's kind of interesting. Um, and yes, I think we did. I'm, in fact, I'm sure we saw the special edition. So thank you to everyone on Twitter who was. Uh, we'll get to the tweets at the end, of course. <clears throat> but some of you pointed out there's a special edition. Typically, we watch this on BritBox, uh, who's still not a sponsor of the show. And typically, we just see the original run, unless it's one of the ones that are have the the telesnaps, uh, where it's the stills and we hear the voice, or the animated ones we get as well, which is really cool. But we don't usually get the DVD special editions. Like when we watched Kinda, we saw the original Snake and not the um, newly quote unquote enhanced Snake. Uh, though I didn't really like that as much either. This was definitely the the new one. Um, I was trying to find before we recorded here to see if I could see it, find a comparison, the side by side of some of the effects like obviously the uh sonic disruptor guns there when they kill people and they explode that's all the new effects the little glowing orb time vortex thing i think is the new effect um i don't know i'm i'm assuming when we see earth in the 22nd century and they have the obey signs and ships flying in the air that must be all new stuff yeah i, I assume really that was added. see what the original would have looked like there what what did they do maybe maybe there's nothing and it was just a, a hard cut um between the scenes but uh yeah overall it was really good and i guess we also heard um newly dubbed 
audio for the Daleks because apparently the original um, voice actors were horrible. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but overall, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a really interesting story. Eric, uh, before we dive into a point-by-point point recap of it, what did you think? I thought it was quite an entertaining romp, uh, Dan. I felt that uh, for four parts, I thought it was pretty well-paced. I felt like a lot of stuff happened in four parts. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't feel like there's really any wasted time. Uh, it was a very abrupt ending, I felt. I thought the cast was yeah. really good for the most part. I thought the woman whose name I... A lot of the character names I don't remember, to be honest with you. Uh, more so than normal. Uh, but the, the woman that was yeah. part of the resistance movement, I thought she was she was pretty good. I thought Joe was a little weaker than normal and dressed like a cowgirl for some reason, but I was that's fine. Yeah. But she didn't have a lot to do. Uh, Pertwee is always entertaining, so you get a lot of his judo 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 chops or Venetian uh, was it like Venetian yeah. kung fu or some crap. And then he's on like yeah. the there's like for some weird reason there's like a mini a four wheeler like an off road ATV vehicle that he rides on with a pole string no on sense. it. There's a lot of yeah. things in this actually that don't make sense necessarily. Not that the plot the plot mm-hmm. is super simple, and even though there's some you know time travel elements, sometimes that can get convoluted. Uh, I, I didn't think there was any issues with that. But the the thing that I'm talking about is in the beginning, the the <clears throat> doctor and uh, Joe appear to themselves, mm-hmm. and I was just kept expecting. When are we? When does that? Like, do they have to go back to themselves to learn something? To but no, it's just that's it. And I don't know if that's yeah. just to show. Okay, this is the idea of ghost because we we open with oh. um, the the main guy, well, the Captain Superpants. Styles. I remember his name, Styles from, from Teen Wolf. The original Styles. Uh, yep, uh, Michael J. Fox's <laughs> you, friend. Hey, can, um, can we pause? <laughs> pause for one second. I wish you could see it, but I have a still. Of, of Styles Wolf and Styles next to each other, where Styles is wearing the T-shirt that says "What, what are, you are you looking, looking at, Dick Nose?" <laughs> Wait, <laughs> why is that notes. there? Just it's in my notes because it was Styles <laughs> okay. because we apparently share a brain. It's amazing. That's, we're both uh, mentally oh challenged. Oh my god! Yeah, so Styles, anyway. uh, also from Teen Wolf, it gets visited by better. like an Iggy Pop from the future shows up, and then yeah. he tells everyone it's a ghost. And so it was. We stop right there? Was that why that we saw the doctor? Just because he says we all, we saw ghosts of a sort. Like, okay, they're not ghosts; they're just people from they're the future. Ghosts. It was That's just right. a weird. It was a weird. Okay, so bit yeah, of, I, bit of film. It's something that bugged me, but I haven't really thought through it. So let me just uh, do it live. Yeah. So the beginning of it definitely starts with this kind of gothic haunted house feel. So that was kind of cool because I, I like that kind of tone when they when they go down that path. Um, yes, we see, I felt the same way about Joe and the Doctor seeing themselves from the future in that little time glitch and was kind of expecting that to be a plot point, but it wasn't. It was just kind of interesting. To your point, it was really just to set this idea of ghosts. The Doctor does say later that they have to expand their definition of what a ghost is. So, yeah, that's that's. it doesn't really make a lot of sense, except to say later, uh, spoiler, um, the whole thing is, is you know, uh, the people from the future coming to the past in order to stop an event that they think precipitates World War III that ends in uh, seven-eighths of the world's population being destroyed and the rest being um, 
surviving the the fallout from that and then the Daleks coming to power, etc. So they're coming back to stop this. And you could say if they did stop it, then the people that did it never existed and are also kind of ghosts. It's like a ghost future that doesn't actually exist. Maybe I don't know. I don't know why they why they tried to bring the idea of ghosts into this, other than the setting being in kind of a spooky. Yeah, they play house. a little bit of There's that, no like when when they spend the night, like they spend the night in the haunted right. house, but that never haunted. goes anywhere. And the other thing that bothered me minorly uh minorly yeah, bothered me this is not big was that I mean. the the um teen wolf uh friend well, it's not the actual teen wolf it's styles no. styles Stop. says it's a ghost oh he's all freaked out by iggy pop and then he denies it later as if it never right. happened and i don't know if they added all of that so that you buy into the notion when the uh, rebels say that he caused, he's like a bad guy who's bringing all these uh, people there and then tries to kill him, but he doesn't do the timer right. But it was like a weird thing. Like, why is he denying it all of a sudden? Is he just embarrassed? Well, yes. that's That was my read, was that he's just like, he's, he's someone who but, is entrusted with, you know, trying to bring about world peace. He's a person of high status that not, must but be. But he admits it at first. I mean, it is because at first he, was, he was terrified at first. He was he was so scared. I then, thought that was a weird in the day. I thought that was an odd characterization piece of he does. He's not really developed. You only see him. No. Then he goes off to to win the hearts of the Chinese government, uh, who are not going to sure. go to this meeting and then all of a sudden the doctor and joe are real hardcore invested in his character because they're like it doesn't sound like him like the guy they met for like three minutes they're right. like yeah there's no way he did it uh you did it to yourselves <laughs> in a time paradox or you caused your own right thing whatever that was fine it was all good i thought the the uh villains like the orcs from the lord of the rings looking uh <laughs> characters were interesting uh-huh. the da- the dalek Part of it was okay. They didn't really have much to do. I mean, other than sort of being the puppet masters behind right. the thing. They were okay. I mean, I, I, you could take them or leave yeah. them, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I liked the... the uh, who was the, the main guy? The, um, the controller. The controller, I thought, was an interesting character because yeah. he was at least yeah, a like little that. nuanced where he was bad, but he wasn't... You know, he that you kind of gave a little bit of a justification to why he's doing what he's doing and how many lives that he save by selling out his people and what other choices they have and and that was fine. Right, right. I mean, it was good. Yeah, I agree with that. I the Ogrons were were kind of cool. The the Daleks really didn't have a whole lot of any. It, it could have been substitute alien race X in there. It would have been fine. Yeah, you um, could have just you, know, you could have just had those creatures the the um orcs be intelligent instead and, and yeah have they could have just been time travel the, sure the, the bit. i mean it just ups the stakes and for us you know jumping around as we are throughout the series um it doesn't have as much of an impact for us but this is the first time in five years that the dogs have been uh seen in a story in a major role i guess there were maybe cameos in between um their last appearance we didn't get to see and is missing almost entirely except for one story so we probably won't ever see it um, and that was a second Doctor story. So I guess maybe at the time it's like, oh, the Daleks, this is great. And, you know, obviously the promotion around that and it being the first story of a new season, I can see why they chose to go there. But in and of themselves, the Daleks didn't really 
have much to do. Now, again, we saw this. We saw the enhanced edition, so we get to see this dystopic future, at least the outsides with the obey signs uh, with Andre the Giant, and then we have the uh, spaceships flying in the air and the towers and everything, and that looked really cool. Yeah, all, I thought all the effects looked really good. Their future, yeah, yeah, laser shots too, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, but I, I yes, the, I think the special effects were in the enhanced edition were were fine. They were they were good, and especially for the time that they were put out, they were they were very nice uh, as an upgrade. But I just mean to say, like seeing that they were the Daleks and how they would have taken over the Earth, that was actually an interesting thing to see. I don't quite why do why do they what's the fixation with Earth for them in this case? I mean. They Outside, they you know, right they the whole play it up you know. here for minerals like they're mining our planet. He says something along those lines sure. after you know the I forget what it is seven eighths of the population's killed or they just yeah. start mining our Earth for material. But yeah, it's very vague right, and there's right. not like why and do they keep coming? But I guess right, like that, if you the, look the at the whole subplot, if you look at the infinite, the whole, but, I was gonna say like if you look at the but, giant expanse <laughs> of the universe, Dan. There probably are sev- uh, very few pockets of things that would sustain life that are going to be filled with the kind of materials you would need for your uh, glass menagerie of wildlife. I don't know what they're collecting in those things, but you know there is value yes. here, Dan. Sure, <laughs> maybe. Um, hey, yeah. So anyway, so that I guess that was that was. It's fine that it was the Daleks. I, but I guess my point is like they weren't super Dalek-y. They were. In fact, it was even stranger because uh, rather than being the ones that were kind of directing or, or, or taking part in the action, for the most part of the story, they were controlling the humans who were then controlling the um, Ogrons who were then, you know, keeping the populace in check. It, it was a very much couple levels removed, so it really didn't feel like it needed to be anyone. It could have been any place. Yeah, and plus beca- any creature. because we're jumping around in to- time... It's super easy for me to get to forget, like, because at one point in the Dalek stories that we've covered, they're able to completely take over a human, right? Where the humans are under, like, almost a spell yeah. or whatever. This is not the case. Like, they, 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 the humans still have their own uh, faculties and, and they're able to make their own decisions. They're not, like, mind-controlled or, or whatever we've seen right. in some of them. I'm thinking of the one where the cops are... Are like Dalek controlled. Do you remember that one? Right, right, there right. Was a yep, yep, yep. Colin Baker That's one. Later. But anyway, yep. what 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 did you think of like when they went to the uh, controller's pad? Like first, Joe goes to the controller and he's kind of like whining and dining here. Literally, there's wine being poured out of bongs. Uh, so they have like that <laughs> yeah, huge bong. They're drinking all, bong water. They're all drinking yeah. bong water. Um, but there was like a couple of scenes of just like people chilling in the in the pad and just hanging. They were out in like a little. A conversation pit, and they were kinda, yeah. It's like you know, Joe, yeah. Joe, and um, the controller. You have a scene of that, and then it's Joe, the controller, and the doctor chilling out like on bean bags, drinking bong water. The, the, the doctor just, kind of completely la- lounging out. See, this is I. I think you you mentioned I. I like the characterization of the controller because not only was he a good villain. I mean, the first time you see him in that swivel chair and he spins yes. around <laughs> and he's like Doctor Evil kind of. Um, I thought it looked like he looked the part. Egg. He's <laughs> in a half act. It was really funny as a tangent. Um, you hear in the sound effects the sound of like motors turning the chair. It's going turning around. But if you look at his feet, he's just shimmying his feet to make the chair spin around. It's really I great. I didn't. Notice I, will, that. I will have a gif of it because yeah, it's really great. fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, but 
uh, so he he looked great, but then he has to play these different roles. He is the controller, so when he's talking to his subordinates, he is a man to be feared. When he's talking to the Daleks, he is in fear of his own life and how he's going to actually you know up the supplies and and uh, not be murdered by them. And then when he's talking to Joe and uh, to some extent the Doctor at first. He's trying to be this other, you know, the rational person who's actually trying to help them, and it's the these uh, mercenaries that are the crazy ones. So he actually gets to have these various roles, and then obviously at the end, to your point, since the the humans aren't mind controlled, they have free will, and he decides at the at the end, at the very last minute, to help them, um, which leads to his own demise. Uh, but he does it for the greater good. But, I mean, you could say that once they go back and fix everything, he never existed anyway, so who cares? Yeah, um, speaking yeah. of, like, people that turned on the on the Daleks, they also introduce <clears throat> the character of, he's like some kind of middle manager who's in charge of some <clears throat> sector that goes to, when Pertwee gets captured by them, he's like, hey, where are the, the rebels? Like, kind of, I'm with you. And then he's doing, like, some eye movement to, to Pertwee. Yeah. And then he's almost immediately killed. But you you meet him and then you lose him within a matter of ten minutes, I think. Five minutes. And like he yeah, really has nothing. no. It was just a weird thing that they introduced this character that was like a double agent, only to to, to have no real effect. I guess Except just to show, to that, show that some that humans is... are still good, but they you never follow. There There's aren't any resistance. additional humans other than the controller. But even the controller is working that guy to death. He's like raising right. the, you know, it's, it's production it's, quota, right? Which which is a super fun um, subplot to talk about quotas uh, and meeting your, your t- uh, sales goals. So that's, yeah. that's fun. Well, that's what I look um, for in Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, that's really what I want in my science fiction. Uh, yeah. Sorry, just looking to see, like, what else. I mean, these those are the major plot points. I mean... Yeah, it's we, pretty, we it's pretty we tight. Talk, you know what we didn't talk about? What? We didn't talk about uh, the rest of the supporting cast. We have... Oh, we got the Brigadier. Brigadier. We have uh, uh, Gates and, and uh, Benton. Y- Yates Benton. So that's fun. Yates Benton, who could just be one character. It's fine. Um, sorry, super fans. <clears throat> so we have them. They don't actually have much to do. The, the Brigadier has a bit to do. Uh, Benton and, and Yates, other than being soldiers, don't have anything to do. They have that <laughs> right. one moment with Joe in the hallway with the, the food. That was a was very kind of, str- that was a very fun. Like, poor, you know, I yeah. think it's Benton is dying to get uh, some cheese, cheese and food or, food or whatever. Yeah. Or whatever she's trying to yeah. give him a drink. Yeah. And then he gets kicked in the uh, kicked out, and the other guy just takes it. The brigadier, like you were saying, and chugs. He chugs the yeah, wine. He, he just gets he gets great. blotto. He's on duty. The brigadier is spends most of the time on the phone. Sometimes on yes. two calls at once, uh, where he's talking he's to. He's very busy. Yeah, he, he's a he, very important man. So there's that. Yeah, there is that unit plot that is very much on the periphery and doesn't really affect. Well. That's. I mean, it, it's it's the thing that's keeping track of what's going on. Yeah, with it this works. Meeting of it all works. the world leaders. What I found really funny about that is, so it's UNIT, and of course the United Nations um, is is meeting for this uh, summit to help prevent World War Three, and uh, he tunes into a UNIT radio broadcast, and it's just saying, basically, we're all screwed. The world yeah. is going to end. Uh, the uh, war is is imminent. It was just a really strange broadcast. Is it was it like? Voice of America radio or something. We're just like, this is what's going on right now, live from the, the meeting. I don't know. It just struck me as odd that the, he would be getting his intelligence from what sounds like um, an NPR broadcast, uh, but for unit. So that's fun. Sorry for that detour. Um, There's a lot of, like, um, impulsive character judgments that happen, like where we talked about how they just literally met 
uh, Styles, and then they already know that he's good. They also are met by the Rebels, who are putting them at gunpoint, taking them hostage, in all ways acting like enemies, and the Doctor immediately knows, oh no, they're kind of cool, we just got to... You don't know what their motivation is. We got to get to know that. Identity. And then it's he immediately, you know, dismisses everyone else. Whereas Joe, they portray as the opposite. She's completely duped by the controller uh, in the beginning, and she's sort of on right. his side a little bit until until much later on. There's like so, some shorthand to uh, all of a sudden, the, as if the doctor had read the script and knew exactly what was coming. Right. right. Yeah, I don't. I'm trying to think of any justification that we might have for that. Um, he knows that they have, you know, time travel devices, um, and how. Yeah, I don't know how he. Makes it's it fine. Like I mean, the doctor's a, a smarter, good smarter judge of character. Am, so that's that's all. He really is. Uh, really this is. is also taking place within the world of the doctor, still grounded, because we open with them mm-hmm. still trying to fix the, uh, the console. Artists. The TARDIS console, right? (laughs) Whatever the thing is. But they mention, okay, well, we've already gone on an adventure. So timeline-wise, I guess they had gone somewhere previous to this. I guess. Yes. We haven't seen that. I can't remember. Yeah. So he's he's trying to get that to work. Um, Joe's becoming a very good student of time mechanics. um, Because the doctor's looking at this little, little portable crude time travel device that he has and pulls out a piece and asks Joe, what is this? And says it looks like uh, a time circuit. And Top of the class, Joe. So she's getting, uh, she's been spending time with Doctor as they're trying to fix the console, which is kind of cool that she's understanding how all this works. Kind of interesting. Um, as, they, as they activate the portable time device, yeah. we see in the 22nd century with the controller and his uh, control room filled with blonde women Hovering yes. their hands, yeah, just hovering. Over the yes, I love it. It's like very early well, uh, Xbox Connect technology or something <laughs> that that she's doing, or she's. What po- they were actually doing is there. there it was a uh, so you want to be a DJ class, yes, and they're just getting their hand motions. You got to get the hand motions really smooth before he starts cutting and scratching. Um, so that was just really strange that that's the way they controlled yeah. it. I like the look of all of the. Um, Overlords the like that. Oh, oh. The, the the women there, their outfits, like the whole future look. Yeah, I thought the production was cool. design was cool. It was just a strange choice. No, it Why? was weird. Just yeah. a room full of blonde ladies. Yeah, they're all playing the theremin. Hover it's just like uh... <laughs> very very odd, but it was fine. Um, this is, I guess, the first story with the Daleks in color, and I didn't realize that. Honestly, until I was going back and doing my barest bit of research that I do before the show. And uh, I was actually wondering, we see Daleks of different colors. Not only are the bodies different colors, but the eye stalks. One has like a, a light blue eye stalk um, that's different than the others. I, I was wondering if there's any significance to that. I think it is probably out of necessity. They could only get together. They only had three Dalek units available to them to use for the production from what I read. Maybe, maybe not, that's not true, but that's what I read, which is why the original version, everyone dings it as being very cheap because the big assault on the uh, uh, the delegation at the, at the, the, right the, the manor house, house is, is uh, a, a handful of um, Ogrons and three Daleks. And like that does not feel like an overwhelming force. Right. So what we obviously saw in this, they, they added them. Yeah, so in this enhanced version, obviously, they went back and through the magic of computers and science 
were able to insert more of everything there. There's one part, and knowing that going in was helpful. I was glad to know that this was the this is a different version. The enhanced version had this kind of feedback because as we first see them coming through that tunnel under the bridge that's uh, mm-hmm. on the the grounds of the park, where they pass Anthony Kiedis. Ogron's coming out. What's that? I said where they pass Anthony Anthony Kiedis, and he just kind of nods to them as he's nodding. Yep. Um, They're all coming out from under there, and it just feels like it's the same three seconds of film looped (laughs) as it's like two Ogrons, one Dalek, another Dalek, two Ogrons, one Dalek, another Dalek, (laughs) over and over. But like that's fine. Um, It was effective, and it made it feel a lot more like a big battle was coming. So I, I can appreciate how this felt a lot better than the original version. I wonder what the original effects kind of looked like. There's a lot of yeah, uh, we'd like ray to guns see it. shooting people and, and they're they, exploding. Oh, speaking of ray guns, my, one of my favorite parts uh, was when they find... So the, to, to jump through the story, like back in the beginning, there's sure. uh, a guy that gets sent uh, in who then they send back. They're like, hey, go back to the future, uh, you know, mm-hmm. with, with Michael J. Fox. And he can't, also like, he, he runs into, he gets attacked or something, and he gets injured, and then he gets that, yes. the, the one of the dumbest names since Unobtainium from uh, the Avatar films is, like, Dalekium yes. or whatever. He ends up with the explosive. Right, this is sure. the guy, eventually, you sort of forget about, and then they're like, he's still he's still down there. Uh, but they find yeah. his laser gun, right? And then they're like, oh, this is made from materials from your time. And then they're doing, like, a shoot out with it, right? Or did I hallucinate yeah. this? And, the, and, and, and and there's, like, in a shooting range with, like, people, and he's blasting the targets. And it's like, isn't oh, yeah, this the most right. amazing gun? It's like, yeah, it, it can destroy paper? Like, their targets right. are, like, cardboard. Right. It's not, not that impressive. Um, right. I could probably Until fashion see it something starts... out of a rubber band that would also uh, destroy the paper, <laughs> destroy the the paper. targets. And who made those paper right. targets? So there was, like, a they whole... They just have them there. <laughs> Just in case they need them. It was a very but uh, yeah, thing. it was it was a very uh, you know the special effects they they blow up. It's like the Insta Gibbs from uh, Quake Three. It's just yeah. like pieces yeah. of bodies. Yeah, people completely it a, disintegrating. It was uh, yeah, well, it was like Mandalorian disintegrating, except they come apart into like confetti, gloms, which was yeah. yeah. So I kind of wonder what the original looked like there. Did they just do like the flash of light and they fall over? I it was funny, not funny. It was maybe a little interesting to a little me funny. that. Those effects were happening that this these um, uh, blah, blah, blow apart when they get shot. But then the Dalek ray looked very similar to what we've seen before, where you see like mm-hmm. the negative image and, and you see the skeleton, right? And, like, and then the guy falls over. I wonder if how much that was enhanced versus the original, because if if it was enhanced, maybe it was just cleaned up, but it looked very much like the original style that we always see, which was kind of cool that they didn't kind of mess with that. Um, so that's something. What else yeah, I mean, I think all here? in all, I feel like we've probably covered a lot of it because I'm sure people have things to tell us. But I just, I mean, it's good. I think it was a really good story. It's kind of interesting. We, I, I mentioned this is a Louis Marx story or Louis Marx. I don't know which way he likes his name, name, but it just Louisville. sort of worked out that this is his second story he ever did, and the his first story was the last story we reviewed, oh, which was all the way right. back at Hartnell, Planet of the Giants. So it all worked out that we just literally did his first two stories. And we both like that one. Uh, So it sort of makes sense that uh, we would like this one. He also did Planet of Evil, which we liked, and Mask of Mandragora, which we like. So we've actually seen all of his stories at this point. Yeah. It was good. I mean, I I don't don't know if you have anything else. You did, just real quick, you did mention, I just want to say it again, that 
that ATV that the doctor finds. Yeah. And then little he little actually has to pull the string like it's an old old style lawnmower yeah. to get the engine revved. And then he just drives around in circles and gets caught again. You like, know, that he is just the one to do that. bit. Yes, exactly. I mean, that and the Venusian karate, I think it was like, that's in my contract for this season. I need to be an action star and go off-roading. And they're right. like, okay, and He's dressed like forward. Austin Powers. And again, I don't know He goes back happened. and gets his cape at one point. He goes back into the house just to get his purple satin cape <laughs> and that. gets attacked by uh, Ogrons. It's just like... Eh, anyway, and I then Jill, like I don't so know much. if they came from a farm before in the previous story, but then she's just in that outfit with those killer boots. Um, killer boots, yeah. I, that was just an interesting, interesting run. Yeah, it's, a, it's interesting sartorial choices in this. Um, and well, you know they're not having another. But hold on, they're not. Ha- I mean, um, Styles is not being able to orchestrate another meeting after this. Like all these people just flew oh, right. thousands of right. miles to go to a house, then all of a sudden an armed military is like making them leave and then the house blows up right. and they're like yeah we're just gonna meet uh at my house later it's like no we're going home <laughs> we, we rented the conference space at the holiday right. Inn. not the big conference room because that was booked we had the ancillary and the, the way side. that the future decides that styles is this monster they need a right. little bit more to go on than it was a big logical because it was his house it could have been anybody could have been, been one there. of the wait staff like who? Right. Who? You know, it was just a little. That's a little. Uh, little well, I mean, little it is. I mean, it was two hundred years later, and it's you know, for us looking back two hundred years and received wisdom of what happened, you don't really know. Plus, uh, seven eighths of the world was destroyed, so I guess you know, word of mouth about what actually happened yeah, like then. A, a giant... it, it, you could have that completely mistaken. Um, they didn't show all their work for how. No, they, and how I, they I like that plot idea. You know, obviously, I mentioned the Terminator thing. It's similar to to what's going to be used later with the Terminator franchise. Uh, but I thought that I thought it worked, and I thought it was. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that it was a paradox, even though if you think about it for too long, it doesn't really make a lot of sense in how it all. Oh, right, that they works. started the whole thing. Yeah, they literally back, are the thing, up, right. which is all. I like. I like all of that stuff. I like, that. and I thought that that was uh, was well done. It. it it wasn't convoluted at all. It was like really easy to follow, and it was good. It was like yeah. a nice, simple time travel tale, for the most part. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, we got a lot of well, not a lot. We got we got a fair amount of feedback, but in all of it, uh, seeming that everyone loves this story, and I can I can see why now. Um, people were definitely imploring us to try to get the enhanced version. <laughs> Sorry, I just opened up the Instagram thing to see if it happened. responded to my lunacy. So, um, people were saying uh, that they hope that we get to see the enhanced version. Obviously, we did. I still want to go back and see some of the original, like, side-by-side. I wanted to see a comparison. But that, that's pretty cool that we got to see this. Um, so, thank you for, for writing to us um, on Twitter when I asked for your feedback. And here is some of what you folks had to say. In no particular order, because I'm horribly disorganized. Um, let's see. Here's what some of you had to say. Our friend Christopher Paddock says, uh, one of the few stories I've never seen before, something of a typical Pertwee romp with a lot of shooting and blowing up. This is far more complex than it initially com- appears. Also, I love the weird basement as TARDIS console room. Great fun and, uh, understatedly big concepts. He goes, goes on to say, on the other hand, I have the flu who <laughs> was up for hours in the middle of the night. So for all I know, this may be garbage that appears brilliant due to my feverish delirium. Feverish Delirium is probably the best way to watch most of the old stories. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I, I uh, like I said, I I like the fact that the, the doctor is constantly trying to work on the on the TARDIS console, um, trying to get it to work, and that we have reference to other adventures that they've had where they got to time travel that we haven't gotten to see. Kind of cool. Uh, Misfit Scully says, "Hi guys, Day of the Daleks. Uh, production code is KKK." Okay. All right. Okay. Cool. Uh, Day of the Daleks, the first Dalek story since 1967. Evil the Daleks. There you go. It has the third Doctor, Joe, the Brig, and Daleks. What's not to like? Oh, maybe the Ogrons are a low point for me. I actually like the uh, Ogrons. I thought they were. I did too. A good uh, villain. That's only. They didn't would, have a whole lot them. to do. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't. I feel like if you had removed the Daleks and just had them. And gave all the lines yeah. that the Daleks would have done to them, maybe be more interesting. But maybe that would have been a little maybe. grating because they're very caveman esque. Uh, there's only a couple, a handful of scenes where they actually talk, and I feel like they. I think there's one scene where two guys talk, and like, yeah, yeah. The, otherwise, they were just muscle. They were hired muscle, which is which is fine. Um, our friends at the World Enough and Time podcast say impossible to watch the story without counting the times Joe flashes her red knickers. So I I had read that and I was trying to pay attention to see if I uh, would catch that at all. Perhaps as a gay man, it just didn't register for me at all. <laughs> but I didn't notice once her red knickers flashing. So yeah, this and as a, as a, as, a, as the non-gay part of the uh, uh-huh. duo, I didn't notice either. So I don't know what that okay what cool. About me. <laughs> we just have a whole bunch of pervs in the audience, and God bless you. No judgment here. Um, uh, they go on to say. Uh, the worst modern day edit to any story is the criminal removal of the no complications Ogron line, which I don't know Wait, anything what about because we didn't get to see it. Yeah, I don't know I what that know, means. I, have no, I think someone else mentioned it as well. I have no idea what so, it is. So the, um, the, was that removed from the special more, edition or this is just this was in like the a, script and they cut it for time and they're just aware of it or it's a deleted scene or something? These are great we questions that you Maybe guys can answer yeah. on Twitter. So uh, please let us know what this no complications hullabaloo is about. That'd be great. Yeah, and if there's uh, a link on finally, YouTube or something, send it to us if it's actually a scene. Yeah, I tried to find some stuff. BBC is very um, good at their copyright takedown notices, so it's hard to keep stuff up. Uh, they finally say, uh, does the fact that you're doing day mean you ignored my invasion device? Uh, fuck you then. Wait, uh, what's the emoji? What's the in- so invasion? whether or not we're gonna watch um, uh, invasion? We have invasion. Uh, That's on May thirteenth, two thousand twenty. See, I I thought I'd throw that to you because you're the keeper of the schedule. So yeah, if, if we're know, talking about the invasion with Troughton, that's still on our schedule. It's still happening. And that's the the order that we do is we jump from doctor to doctor in their order, but then we move or you jump doctor to doctor. So we'll yeah. eventually circle back to uh, Troughton. Uh, Ken Moss on Twitter uh, was wondering about that, uh, whether or not we're going to watch it, and agrees that is uh, definitely a one to watch. Um, so it's on there. Don't worry. Yeah, I mean, if this happen. is if this is also like in <clears throat> reference to last time where we we did cut wheels of something, some kind of wheel. That was the one that was mostly oh missing. the wheel of time. We were going to review. We were going to do that. We cut Robert it, Jordan Knox series. Yeah, we did not. It's cut like the a twenty something book series. We're not going to review. Okay. Um, Robert Jordan, Wheel of Time. Okay. Uh, WJ Bird says, uh, Invasion is a better story by Miles. I mean, it's got a pretty cool concept, but it looks cheap with only about three Daleks in it. I can imagine that would have been an entirely underwhelming uh, culmination of the story to have a, a couple of Ogrons and three Daleks. So I'm glad we did see it. Well, the, I, I'll also see, version for that. Yeah, also to comment on that, I didn't realize, I mean, I did not know 
about the special edition other than some vague tweets mm-hmm. that were coming to the account. So they did a really good job of mm-hmm. seamlessly blending the extra Daleks that they were adding to the scene. Because yeah. there's the only time I really remember seeing a bunch is when there's like the battle and it's like a wide shot. And yep. there's like four or five, I think, coming mixed in with the, the orcs. Yep. With the arcs. But um, I think you yeah. could tell about the, the exterior shots. That, like, you can yeah, tell, there was like, that. Oh, this is not probably the original uh, special effects. When the controller is on the view screen and talking to the Daleks, there was some of that. Like the, I wonder, again, this is a reason why I would want to watch the original, or at least parts, portions of it for comparison. Um, there was there were different edits than we've ever seen in Who. There's a lot of crossfades between scenes, which is not something we typically see in these stories, especially of this era. Um, actual crossfades between between scenes. Um, also, there was one shot that I really liked where you see the controller talking, and as he's talking, his head goes in. You pull back, like it's the normal color. He pulls back, and it goes into a slightly washed out color, and he's in the view screen talking to the Daleks, and there's like superimposed computer insignia on top of it and everything. I wonder how much of that was enhanced, uh, whether just different edit choices when they went back into the version. So I liked it. I thought it was, I'm glad we did get to see this version. It was un- unexpected that we did. Uh, continuing on, uh, Rob says, um, it gave us uh, the Ogron uh, accounts. Uh, currently the Ogron is uh, someone who uh, uh, tweets with us uh, a bunch. So that was cool. Now I know where that came from because I had no idea. Because I try to do no research right. at all. Uh, it gave us uh, the Ogron, and for that we are thankful. It's also a pretty fun story. Grantly, the Ogron replies, Me have so much tea to spill on what, uh, what went on behind the scenes. <laughs> Which is pretty great. So thank you guys for that. Uh, Phil B. Say, uh, says to us in a whisper, Watch the special edition. Yeah, well, that's so, what we did. We, we did, did which is kind of awesome. Good on us. So, thank goodness, thank goodness. Um, and then it was Rob who gave me um, a quick gif that said, if we, can see, if we see a scene that looks like this, then it's the special edition. And it's uh, the doctor doing a Venusian kick on an Ogron in the drawing room. And then he turns around and grabs his gun and shoots him. And he insta-gibs in an explosion. So for sure we saw it. Okay. Uh, Danny Blackburn 7 says, this is actually my all-time number one Who story. I thought Aubrey Woods as the controller was fantastic. John, Katie, and the team made a truly great story. I just find something really absorbing about this story. I will usually put it on after a bad day to cheer me up. The line for me is, she trusts me implicitly. About That was the controller about mm-hmm. Joe, which is kind of cool. Um, goes on to say, I gave it 9.9 out of 10 stars. Uh, I am biased, however. Great story cast and classic who from that era barry letts and Terrence sticks were geniuses too um yeah so that was that was pretty awesome uh i agree pretty pretty high up there on my list at least especially the pertwee stories i like this uh darren lodge says the dalek voices aren't as good as in other stories again we didn't get to hear the original voicing of yeah the i'll have to look uh, that up two and actors see, see what that's about Apparently, the, these two actors were had never really had actually never worked on Who before and weren't as familiar with it and really couldn't nail down the performance and they were never used again to voice the Daleks. And then this special edition, uh, we get one of the uh, I, I'm sorry I can't remember the voice actor's name, but it's the one that we are familiar with from future stories came back. They brought it, that person in to do the voicing for this, so uh, that's why it feels like a continuity. For yeah, us. just to take a brief pause, Aubrey Woods, the actor, I thought was great as the controller. The fact that yeah. someone just said that again, I just 
put his name in. I didn't realize it's the guy that sells Charlie the Chocolate Bar in oh. Willy Wonka. He's oh the Candyman. Oh my gosh! There you go. All right, he's the Candyman in Willy Wonka. So, go on. That's, that's why. That's why I liked him so much. Uh, Paul Farber says, a story involving time with a dramatic twist. It introduced Ogrons and added the Daleks as a late season opening addition. Oh, interesting. I didn't know they came in late? Question mark? That's That makes some sense. Uh, it's too bad Dalek voices were wrong, but they were fixed for the bonus improved DVD version. Fantastic. Thank you for that. Uh, Mike Freeberg says... I watched this episode with friends in high school sometime in the 90s. For some reason, we convinced ourselves that Jimmy Winston, the actor who played Shura, was the Burt Reynolds of the BBC. Okay. Uh, looking up now, appears he actually has an incredible stint as a rock star. This um, Shura was the one who... He's the guy at the end that was like, get the uh, Daleks yes. in here and get everyone out. I'm gonna... He, he looked almost like he was in Three Dog me. Night. Yeah, well, maybe he uh, was. Um, so that's awesome. So what? And, w- uh, lastly, wait. What was he in? You said he was a rock star or something. Apparently, a rock star. Did you? I did. Now say I got to find uh, out who he is. Jimmy Winston. Jimmy Winston. Um, looking here, associated acts: small faces. Oh, really? Uh, Jimmy Winston and his reflections, oh. and Winston's thumbs. Oh, he was in the small faces. I like the small faces with uh, Ronnie Lane. And he was huh. in the 1968 stage musical Hair, so that's he awesome. plays on what you're gonna do about uh, do about it. I guess that'll have to be the outro song because it's a great song. Done, solved. That made my life easier. Uh, lastly, Alex Harper says uh, Anat is an amazing supporting character. So strong without being cliche. That was the uh, woman commander. Yeah, she was uh, good from the future. <laughs> uh, the Ogrons are wonderfully terrifying, but most important, the joy of the Joe's Knickers drinking game. Love it. Honestly, see, I gotta I watch this again. I, don't know, uh, I didn't see the Knickers even one time. That's my bad. I'm so sad. Um, everyone, thank you so much for your feedback on Twitter. That's uh, at T-O-D-W show on Twitter. If we got anything wrong or you want to add anything onto what we just said, feel free uh, when the story posts. I'm going to obviously always post a whole bunch of gifts as you're you're used to on the day that this comes out, which is the day now, at least, that you're listening to this, so it's already happened. Go look for my gifts. You'll find them. Um, yeah, but they're very let good us gifts. Know if you want to correct anything or add on to anything that we said. Um, Eric, what else do we have? Do we have any iTunes reviews? No, we don't. We don't. It's a sad ah! day for uh, an old Doctor Who show. Uh, we, still, we still have quite a bit. I still have not figured out the weird... Would, however, the iTunes... Uh, algorithm works for search because we're still not quite on that thing when you type doctor who and then you get a bunch of podcasts we're you know we're like two levels in we're we're doing okay but we have uh 49 ratings 4.5 stars what else what else we got to do dan hey apparently there's a there's another uh so i was just reading for the main thread of tweets about this story oh but someone did mention that they found us and the big blue box podcast another uh doctor who they cover classic and new era and all the ancillary things like um torchwood etc uh, found us on spotify which is kind of awesome Very um cool. so that's really cool thank you uh new listeners that found us on spotify maybe they're going to be the ones to rule our lives um when the podcast apocalypse comes so that's good to know um eric we did have some 
fentanyl. Uh, re- we, we do have some fentanyl, so if you want to get high afterwards. <laughs> um, we do have one uh, review that came in after we recorded our last one. Um, Wait, this what? This is from... Oh, from the... Yeah, from we the, have one, uh, uh, from the, the international... Uh, okay. From the UK store. Hit us up. On January 27th. Like from this. Will J. Bird, who I'm assuming is W.J. Bird on Twitter, who I just read a tweet from. Oh, or from whom I that. just read a tweet. Connected universe, yeah. Dan. The best... Oh, wait, sorry. Love these guys. Thank you. Five stars. Thank you. The best Who podcast. That's it. Okay. If you're a fan right. of the... Sh- if you're a new fan of the show, binge with these two affable galactic tour guides. I like that. That's us. Uh, if you're an old fan like me, revel in the rediscovery of your childhood years sitting in front of the telly with beans on toast for tea. Just great. <laughs> WJ Bird, thank you thank so much. Thank you, that buddy. That makes us so happy. See, Eric, our, our day I like is it. safe. See, yeah, we did it actually looked have bad, and then uh, uh, the Europeans. It all turned us. around. <laughs> uh, but anyway, what I was going to say was, speaking of fentanyl, uh, that is our next story. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, the image of the fentanyl. Uh, fentanyl okay. is a uh, that's optional whether or not that that that, that uh, accompanies your viewing, but that's what we're doing next. So we're now we going from Pertwee to Baker. So if you have not seen the image of the fentanyl, now is your time. I'm, I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it does Fent- fentanyl. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's what we're doing next. So uh, until then, I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else? No, nope. I mean, other than the ways you can contact us, like I said, uh, Twitter, at TODW Show, same on Instagram. Uh, you can email us at show at gmail.com, and we will read that uh, on the show like we just read the tweets. Um, Eric, is there a place if people wanted to send us physical goods for some reason, maybe a used game console that oh, we've never P-O- heard of before? Yeah, obviously you don't have to send us a used game console, but, but we would love to hear from you uh, in any In physical capacity. form. Uh, yeah. You know, we have uh, people send us mugs. That's kind of cool. Uh, it's P.O. Box. Awesome. What is it? P.O. Box 2131, Red Bank, New That's Jersey, it. 07701. And, yep. uh, yeah. That's it. Is that it? That's it. Do it. Yeah. Right. I keep fe- Thanks feeling everybody like for I listening. had something else to, to tell the listeners, Doctor Who related, no. or respond nope. to something, or someone had nope. sent us a message on our Facebook page. And nope. it shut down, and then I was like, oh, I'll answer this on the air, and now I don't remember. Nope. So if you send us anything nope. on the Facebook page, we're not we're not editing at all. I think I may actually go in and just delete it, because it's just going to end up confusing people. Because uh, yeah. I do still have an account that's that I only have to, to maintain those pages, so they still exist. So just go over to our Instagram. Go over to, to Dan's Twitter, uh, which is TODW Show as well. Oh. And go to our... Uh, Accounts. I'm E. Grissom on Instagram and Twitter. Dan is Dan J. N. J. on both as well. Uh, one last thing, real oh. quick. You can cut this if you want to. Um, cut it. Eric had tweeted. Eric, the uh, the author of numerous comic books, uh, said you were thinking of giving away a hard. Oh, I already gave it away. Gregory, Simpson. yeah, uh, there was so a you fo- did. <laughs> was That's follow awesome. up email. It was like I had sent the newsletter out on Friday, so you had to have been signed up by then. And then I did a random ah. thing and I gave it away. To, anyway, uh, Gregory Suicide, he gave it away. It's a great book. Yeah, you should not give it look for a free copy. You should go and buy a copy. Uh, anyway. Yeah, you can great. buy a copy. That's even better. It'd be great. You can buy a copy really of cool. all of my stuff, and, and then that's There's the way so to support me. And then Dan, <laughs> you have to just send him cash or or um, j- uh, jelly babies. Send Dan jelly babies yeah. and buy my books, and it will be happy. Yeah, that'll be great. All okay, right, anyway. Peace. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. <laughs> all right, we're good. 
We're weird. good. It was a weird ending, but we're fine. I want you to know that I love you, baby. I want you to know that I care. I'm so happy when you're around me, but I'm sad when you're not there. Sad.